Heinemann Podcast is a production of Heinemann Publishing. Heinemann is a provider of resources written by real teachers for real classrooms. Heinemann values teachers as decision makers and students as curious learners. Discover the path to lifelong professional learning at Heinemann.com. Heinemann is dedicated to teachers. I'm Steph from Heinemann. Today on the Heinemann Podcast, how do we become present in our own learning? We all know students who physically come to class, but when called on to answer a question, appear to be mentally absent. Maybe you are this student. In her new book, Reading with Presence, Marilyn Pryle tackles the causes of disengaged learning and provides tangible solutions that provide students a safe space to share ideas and engage confidently. In this read-aloud episode, Marilyn shares the story of her own journey from a shy, disengaged student to a fully present learner. I made it through school without ever really having to open my mouth. It was a pattern that began in grade school and continued into college. I raised my hand so rarely that once, in sixth grade, after I had been absent for a day or two and got up the nerve to ask a question in class, the teacher later pulled me aside to thank me for the question and encourage me to ask more. She even gave me a sticker. I felt so proud in that moment. I remember it to this day. And despite my wonderful teacher's best intentions, thank you, Mrs. Stanton, her pep talk wasn't enough to change my deepest beliefs. I was deathly afraid of being wrong, of looking stupid, of speaking up at all. I didn't even think it was my role as a student to think my own thoughts. My job was to absorb enough of what was being projected in order to get good grades on the test. And that I did, though I never thought I was smart. Other kids in the class were clearly smart, but not me. I was just doing what was expected without any real investment in the content. I took honors courses in high school, but again, compliantly, fearfully at times, putting my time in and not identifying with the smart students. I was seldom called on, and when I was, it was for a one-word, clear-cut answer. I was one of those quiet kids that did her work and didn't cause trouble. I didn't believe I had a voice or a stake in my learning, but I also didn't realize those things were even possible. In class, I often daydreamed. For quizzes and tests, I crammed the necessary information. I never read with my heart. In the end, I graduated in the top 10% of my class and got into an honors program at the college I chose to attend. In most of my college classes, I was able to continue as normal, hanging back, not wanting to be wrong, and not connecting. Others, though, weren't so easy. One day, one of my professors wouldn't let me off the hook. He called on me to comment about the poem we had read the night before, and I was simply too terrified to put forth a thought about it. So I replied in my usual way, I don't know. What do you mean you don't know? What do you think? He pressed. I, I don't really know. Mortification. Did you read it? Yes. Then you must have a thought. What did you think about it? I, uh, but I was frozen. My brain locked. The teacher grew impatient and called on someone else who gave some easy answer about the role of imagery in the poem, an answer which the teacher praised. I could have said that, I thought to myself. I didn't realize he would have eagerly accepted something I thought was obvious. 
I thought he wanted to be dazzled with the meaning of life. In an awkward twist of fate, we boarded the same elevator after class. When the doors closed, he said, do you understand that you can't just say, I don't know? You've got to have something to say. You have to speak. Yes, I said, wanting to vaporize through the seam of the elevator doors. I understood. I never forgot that moment. It changed me. Slowly, I began to speak up, to say out loud the connections I made in my mind, the details I noticed in a text, the questions I had, and eventually, the opinions I felt. I already knew I wanted to be a teacher, and I appreciated what my professor had done, but I also knew I never wanted a student to feel like I had felt dumb in spite of having understood the reading and then ashamed for not being able to speak. Of course, I had needed a wake-up call, but I wondered, what could I do to help my future students believe they had something to say, even if it were a seemingly smaller detail? How could I make all students feel like they had something to bring to the discussion and even feel this way while they were reading? My professor was right in his expectation of engagement. If you've read something, you should have a thought. How could I get adolescents to buy in? Later, as I gained experience as a teacher, I saw that many students were like my younger self, afraid to say anything. They wanted to get good grades, but passively, they were too doubtful of their abilities to take charge of their own learning and thinking. Few believed that a purpose of schooling was to develop one's voice, or even knew what it meant to have a voice. Of course, I also saw other students who were not necessarily afraid to speak up, but who were completely uninterested in doing work and tried to fake their way through the year. I've since realized that this could also be a cover for not developing one's genuine voice. To be sure, there were still other students who were both vocal and interested. Many of these, however, had trouble coherently formulating their thoughts. As the years progressed, I tried to come up with ways to address all of these situations. Among the solutions I tried, a system of writing short reading responses, RRs, evolved. This book explains that system. It continues to grow and develop, but the main idea remains the same. Read and have a concrete idea about the text to bring to the discussion. You do not have to reveal the meaning of life. You do not have to be right. You do have to have a thought, one from your own mind, one that is specific about the reading. Writing RRs can help all students look more closely at texts and at their own thinking. But I've found that there are other benefits that take place over time below the surface. Students who feel detached from or uninterested in their own learning will start to engage. Those who struggle to shape their thoughts will find words. And those who know but are afraid to speak, who get lost in the shuffle of the crowded classroom, will begin to feel the power of their own voices. Our thanks to Marilyn for her time today. You can learn more about Reading with Presence at blog.heineman.com. You can find Marilyn on Twitter at mpryle. And be sure to follow and subscribe to the Heineman Podcast. All of this and more on heineman.com. Thanks for listening.